1: they're they're growing and learning, Um, you know, autonomy, mastery, and purpose, I think, resonates with everyone. And so as a leader and as a manager, you're kind of constantly looking at how do I make sure that the folks in the team have sufficient, you know, autonomy, mastery, and purpose in the work that they're doing, such that they're engaged and love what they're doing.
0: Welcome to the Engineering Leadership Podcast brought to you by ELC, the engineering leadership community. I'm Jerry Lee, founder of ELC. And I'm Patrick Gallagher, and we're your hosts. Our show shares the most critical perspectives, habits, and examples of great software engineering leaders to help evolve leadership in the tech industry. This episode is a session from our 2019 SF ELC Summit, which is our annual conference celebrating and empowering engineering leaders. And in this session, it features a conversation between Chanda Darup and Alyssa Henry as they discuss everything from career development to transitions and how to strategically accelerate your career progress. Alyssa shares some incredible stories and mental frameworks all about how to strategically think about your career journey and one of my favorite parts of this session is, is later on, towards the end, she discusses all of the unique opportunities that the constantly evolving world of tech presents and how you can leverage the wave of these new emerging fields to accelerate your career progression and expertise. And what she shares really is a, a powerful strategic but really elegant way to view how you can accelerate your career progress. So a lot of great things in this, in this session. So let me introduce you to Chunda and Alyssa. Chunda Darup is the Vice President of Engineering at NodeSource and she brings over 20 years of experience leading engineering and product teams, specifically focused in the the world and space of emerging trends and developing technology. She brings a robust mix of both global corporate experience and startup experiences to this conversation. And so she'll be interviewing Alyssa Henry, Alyssa is the head of Seller and Developer Business Units and Infrastructure Engineering at Square. And what her and her teams do is they create the tools that sellers use to start, run, and grow their businesses. And so she leads everything from product management, design, and engineering for all of Square's seller and developer-facing products. Enjoy the conversation with Alyssa Henry and Chanda Darup.
2: Thank you. Patrick. So, this is really cool. You know, it's the first time I'm here in a. I've always been used to hackathons and meetups that are related to actually hands on. And I've always missed this, you know, which is talking to other engineering uh, managers and leaders and people who are aspiring to be managers and engineering leaders. So, this is really cool. So, generally, when you do panels, they give you this little bio and, you know, um, then you go off and you do it to really, figure out who the person is that you're talking to and then you know read a little blurb about them but i went off of the bio i went linkedin and i looked at Alyssa's experience and i have to say this has just been amazing just reading her linkedin profile now you're going to get a lot of hits on your linkedin profile but <laughs> <laughs> but she and i share a little bit of similarity we both uh, have a uh, bachelor's in mathematics and that's pretty cool and we both programmed a long time ago in cobol and fortran and you know all those age old uh, you know beginnings of uh, computer science languages and um, and then I looked at her work experience. With uh, you know, she worked for a decade at one of the largest companies, Microsoft. And then she went on to uh, Amazon AWS storage services, and you know, responsible for AWS Lambda. And I'm like, I'm just like blown away. This is she's my you know hero from now on. <laughs> and so and Elisa is now at Square, and she's uh, leading. Uh, she's a uh, lead uh, seller at. Uh, it's a GM role, um, the way I understand it, and. Uh, Leads a cross-functional team of engineers and product managers and design um, <coughs> sellers, you know. And I'm going to, you know, let her talk a little bit uh, about Square. And um, for the audience who may, I mean, I hope there's nobody that doesn't know Square. But in case you want to talk a little bit about Square itself and your uh, move there, sure. Yeah. So at
1: at Square, we're helping entrepreneurs, um, in this case, non-tech entrepreneurs, start and grow businesses. And uh, for me, it's it's kind of an evolution or the next step from what I was doing at AWS, where AWS was helping entrepreneurs, but tech entrepreneurs. And uh, it's really kind of two sides of the same coin. Excited about it though, because I do believe that in both cases, part of how we move forward as a country, um, even as, as world, is helping entrepreneurs start new businesses. It's how where it's where job growth and creation comes from. Is the start of new companies and and then providing folks tools, you know whether they're um, you know point of sale and payments or whether it's you know storage and compute. Uh, that helps anyone really get started and grow. You know in prior to AWS, if you weren't. much a white guy down here in the valley Um, with access to VC you can start a tech company because it was way too expensive to get going and you know you had to buy your Sun servers and your colo space and um, and your Oracle licenses and uh, so you really didn't have a broad range of people participating in starting tech companies and that just really exploded um, with AWS and with Square it's it's the same thing how do we give the you know from the smallest businesses to the largest businesses, but really focusing on the small and the new entrepreneurs. um, How do we give them the tools to effectively compete against the Amazons of the world and the large companies in commerce?
2: That's really interesting. So, can you talk a little bit? So, I've always gone from like small companies to big companies and then back again to small companies, like boomerang back to the small company. But I think your journey has been really interesting. So, wh- how, what was it like? You know, zooming out, uh, rather zooming out into a smaller company from coming from larger companies. What was that experience like? How? What was you know challenging about that transition? And what was what were some of the things that uh, you found on the ground? Yeah. Um, so, my career
1: transitions have always been from kind of larger, um, older into smaller and younger. So I was at Microsoft from 94 to 2006. Um, it was still pretty, not all that big and still kind of scrappy. Um, back in 94 when I joined, kind of less so by 2006, we'd been declared a monopoly by then. Um, and then when I joined Amazon in 2006, I think it was a sum total of about 3,000 people with probably 2,000 of those people be working in fulfillment centers. Um, and so. Actually, pretty small from a um, corporate perspective and from a R&D perspective. Um, but by the time I left there in 2014, it was a much much larger company um, and has grown from there since. Uh, when I joined Square, it was about a thousand people. Um, we've, we're we're now probably about the size that Amazon was when I joined. Um, but it's been interesting that progression. I like the I like I like the agility that you get in in sort of new formation, um, but I also like the process of scaling. And mm. so it's kind of that adolescent phase where there's something that's sort of going, yeah. um, but it's still messy and sloppy and you're figuring out how to you know, scale the code, scale the organization. Those two often go together um, and, and make it all work.
2: Yeah, yeah. So that's actually, that's the interesting part of uh, doing management and for the audience, right? I mean, maybe you can talk a little bit about how you know what are the challenges there? For example, like I've uh, always run engineering and then had a short stint in product management. But you've had a fantastic experience of real cross-functional teams. How do you go from running engineering to running a team that is really cross-functional with you know designers who are a completely different um, sort of mindset and product managers who you know are completely at odds with engineering half the time? Uh, in my experience, so how do you do that? Um, what were some other things that yeah. you know helped you? Again,
1: I had kind of a funny path. You know, I started my career um, as an engineer um, and did that for several years, a number of years, and then into engineering management, and then I moved in from an engineering management into PM. But when I moved into PM, it was working on developer tools, and so working on. Um, Microsoft back in the day, but um, you know ADO and XML and ODBC and and all of the kind of the data access stack and SQL Server. And so while I was working in sort of product, it was still very technical product, and my customers were developers. Um, and and working fairly low in the stack, which lo- allowed me to stay technical. Then moved into managing product management, um, and then into general management, um, and so managing. Um, time test and PM and, and engineering, um, having had the background in two of those three uh, you know, as mm-hmm. an IC, yeah. but not um, in the third, um, and then figuring out how to learn how to do that. Then when, Then moved back into engineering management from kind of a general management role when I moved to Amazon. And then, um, and then, actually, back into a general management role when I moved to AWS early on. And but then that was interesting because I had operations as a as a mm-hmm. new discipline, which yeah. I had not done before. And figuring out how to hire someone, I knew I I knew I was incompetent in that area. Um, mm-hmm. I had never run large scale services. I didn't know anything about um, operations slash SRE. I think um, some of the companies mm-hmm. call it. And so hiring a really great leader that could. Effectively teach me their Thank function, um, and and so that was a real kind of key yeah. skill to learn. And then you know at Square, I have a range of functions, you know, from sales to customer support to design. Um, to engineering, but again, it's the same thing. You know, figure out how you can find great people um, that can help teach you, and then give them the you know give them the the space to do yeah. that, and respect yeah. the the skill sets that they bring. Um, certainly, design was a blind spot for me as well um, when I started Square because I'd always worked on API developer tools um, and. Where the UX was an API, not a yeah. UI, and so uh, learning yeah. learning a
2: UI yep. was, was a new thing for me. Correct. Yeah, yeah. that's very interesting. Um, so in in that, um, just shifting tracks a little bit about how, team itself, like you know, what were your, you know, how did you grow a team? Can you talk a little bit about what are some other things you did to grow your team? Um, it may be hiring. It may be other. You know, did you bring in coaches? Did you bring in um, people who understood process, or did you have the team organically grow process? What were some of the things that maybe uh, you know um, aspiring engineering leaders can take from your experiences?
1: Um, well, it's been different every place I've been. You know, the you know growing culture, team. Um, they all kind of go together, and depending on you know what phase your product's in, yeah. um, and what um, what kind of industry you're in, there's and what the culture of the company is dictates some. So I, I don't know that there's a single kind of rule on this, but um, I will say that you know as much as possible. You, how do you figure out how to enable and how do you enable folks within the team to help you build not only the product in the and the code, but have the team help build the team from a culture perspective, from a, um, you know, how do we, how do we go hire? You know, what, what should hiring bar look like? What should our, at Square we had, you know, help, Bring folks together across engineering across the company to define well what should the engineering career level look like. What should the ladders be? How do we want to reinforce that? How do we um, in our promo processes? How do we want to mm-hmm. um, how do we want to hire for those sorts of things? And I think as much as you can get a broad range of folks with a, a broad range of perspectives um, to collaborate on that together, you can build something great where you're building the company and the team, not just building the code. So being a
2: startup, right? at that time, uh, a small company, you would have to have more than process, like more grassroots type of approach to hiring as well, right? Did, Did you do any such things at all? Like we when I did this at Strong Loop a long time ago, we did a lot of hackathons and that was also not just to educate the community but to, you know, attract talent. Yeah. So things like that.
1: Um well I think Square was a little further along yeah. Um, yeah. and kind of scale that point. Yeah. So we had a you know, we have a great talent team. Um yeah. awesome. who yeah. uh, who yeah. who helps with some of that. But ultimately the best recruiting comes from um, hiring managers and the team themselves being yeah. in, involved in it. Yeah.
2: So, in terms of uh, growing, so uh, I talked about you know, growing the team and what are some of the approaches you've used in the past. What about growing yourself, your career, your path? Uh, you know, your path has been really fascinating to me, at least. So, maybe you can talk a little bit. Um, what What are some of the things that people should look out for in order that they grow in the direction that they want to you yeah. know, career development?
1: Well, I think it, particularly in this industry, you know, kind of constantly learning is critical. Like I said, I started my career. COBOL on the mainframe, and and worked with a bunch of people who had been doing the same thing for 20 years. Basically, had never learned, and and were rapidly becoming incredibly obsolete. Um, and so, it, uh, learned early on that in this industry, you, you you bad things happen if you if you don't stay current. Um, and so, I make sure to spend time, uh, continue to do that, and also I like to work on kind of the you know the the edge of where tech is going because then you you learn through your job, but. I'll also say that one of the great things about the fact that tech is kind of constantly changing and constantly um, turning over is that it's it actually in many ways is great if you're you know an underrepresented um, person in tech because you know like on the day that iPhone launched um, and you know mobile iOS apps were a thing. There was nobody like it leveled the playing field. No one had experience in that, and so if you spot these things and you can kind of get on. Same with cloud and a bunch of these yeah. um, new trends. If you're an earlier adopter of them, you can quickly be you know a leading expert in the industry um, in a way that you can't necessarily in other industries where you know it's. it's yep constantly um, just an evolution from where you've been
2: yeah so that's interesting from the technology perspective and growing your understanding of technology keeping current but what about team itself it's like one thing managing 13 people versus managing i don't even know how many you know that you are did you get any help along the way any mentorship maybe in your peers in the community anything like that that um, um, I mean, you can learn from everyone, right? And yeah. so I've had, like I said, I've had
1: people in my team that have taught me things yeah. <laughs> about what they're experts in. I've had peers that have taught me things. I've had some some great skip-level um, managers mm. I learned um, a ton, um, and direct managers I learned uh, you know, a ton from Andy Jassy at, um, at AWS. He spent a lot of time with me, as well as um, Jeff Wilkie on the retail side. He, he was my original skip manager there learned a ton, you know, Jack's been incredible um, in terms of teaching me a whole bunch of things that I really didn't understand at all and um, uh, from his perspective. So I think you really there, you can learn from Everyone around you, and yeah. I think it's just having a growth mindset and figuring out who has what skills in what areas um, and can teach you something. Yeah, and same for. You, and I encourage that throughout the yeah. throughout the team. Yep,
2: yeah. I um, want to reiterate uh, something that Alyssa you've said about skip level because I've noticed when I have been in larger companies and have had the opportunity to you know uh, think about skip levels for my directs. People don't take advantage of it as much as they should. And do, I would encourage all of you to take advantage of skip levels. And if you don't have skip levels in your own company because it's small, look outside. Look at leaders outside. Connect up with Alyssa. (laughs) Because it's actually really useful to understand how people grow in their careers. Um, it changes your perspective. So um, the, another question I had for you was, what um, when you made these transitions, right, from Microsoft to Amazon AWS and then to Square, what are the kinds of things you looked for, you know, in you? What were the kind of things that attracted you to the next uh, yeah. phase?
1: I mean, it, it's different, but I'm always looking at what can I what can I learn, and then what can I contribute, and how do I how do I balance those two? Um, I spent 20 years in tech in Seattle and um, Like venture capital is pretty much not a thing um, in Seattle. It's 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 growing a little bit now, but pretty much not a thing in the way that it is down here, Um, and this area is really the heart of tech, and I wanted to learn about that. So I'm like, oh, you know, I'm not getting any younger. I, I've never done a startup uh, or pre-IPO company. I don't know what venture looks like, any of that. And so that was one of the things that made me kind of go, okay, gosh, maybe I should go and try this um, and give it a shot and take the risk. I'm like, I don't know if I'm gonna be any good at this. I you know, I don't know if I'm gonna be successful, but I'll try. The same thing when I went from Microsoft to Amazon, I <coughs> kind of crazy that Amazon hired me to run um, initially the, uh, all the order processing. So when you click buy on the card, yeah. all the systems that um, that did that, I'd never run a service before. I'd never operated a darn thing. Wow. And I was now in charge of um, running a service and building the code and operating basically the core revenue pipeline for the company. <laughs> and I'm like, I mean, I they're gonna do okay. I'm gonna learn a
2: ton or I'm gonna fail. I'm gonna learn a ton and I'm okay with that risk. risk taking, so that's like another takeaway, right? Yeah. Take risks, take risks. So but you can, cool. Um, We are at, uh, you know, if you have questions, this is the time. Um, So, uh, a question from the, um, I cannot read the name, it's too small here. But, oh, um, okay. When should product and engineering be in the same organization versus different ones? Interesting. Well, I mean, at some level,
1: they're always in the same organization because it's the same company, right? So, it's just a matter of, um, you know, where, you know, at what point do they meet within the, hierarchy of a company and I, and I think it, it depends um, you know there are, there are a number of things to look at in if if your company does has one and only one product um, and everyone's working on the same thing most likely they'll meet you know kind of at the sea level underneath the um, you'll have a you know, a CTO and a CPO or something like that right? Um, product and engineering together under the under the CEO um, because everyone's kind of working on the one thing, and the CEO is in effect the general manager for for the product overall. Um, in a business like Square or um, AWS was, where there's a large amount of products and and individual businesses where um, where each individual thing, you can go find companies that do only that one thing. Uh, both Square and AWS was organized with more of a general management structure where you push that down the organization. So you get product and engineering um, coming together lower down the organization, which just helps you move faster and, uh, and reduce, reduces the organizational distance uh, between those two functions for the product.
2: Thank you. Um, and then the, uh, when, well, we answered the first one. So the next one was, as you've seen several companies grow at hyperscale are there any lessons that you can share with us? Uh, no, hyperscale
1: is fun, growing is fun. <laughs> um, you, I always go back. I worked a lot in distributed systems. Organizations are distributed systems. Um, so the way I think about both organizations and code is from that from that lens. And in that perspective, it's about you're, you're kind of constantly figuring out how do I um, how do I kind of do cell divides, if you will. How do I take this one thing that you know. Oh, that's uh, is today's monolith, that was yesterday's, uh, and whether that monolith is a monolithic organization or a monolithic code base, um, how do you start to decompose and break it apart so that you can get um, kind of stronger boundaries between it and the ability to iterate, whether it's between the organization or the code, in a way that you can make changes that don't ripple through everything else and you can reason about them independently, Again, it's whether it's teams or code. Oh.
2: I love that cell divide. I'm gonna use it. <laughs> so uh, can you um, the next question is Anonymous, uh, how to how do you retain core members of a team? In particular there's such a high turnover in the behavior. Yeah.
1: People want to work on something that matters, yeah. something where they're growing and learning. Um, you know, autonomy, mastery, and purpose. I think resonates with everyone. And so, as a leader and as a manager, you're kind of constantly looking at how do I how do I make sure that the folks in the team have sufficient um, you know autonomy, mastery, and purpose in the work that they're doing, such that they're engaged and love what they're doing. And you know, sometimes you've got. Sometimes it's like pushing someone to, you know, uh, to grow further. Sometimes it's, you know, looking at how do I align the work with the with the interests so that um, so that they can bring greater purpose to their work. Um, but it's really kind of thinking through those things. Yeah.
0: If you enjoyed this episode or found any of the lessons inside of it impactful, I invite you to either share this with somebody else who might find it meaningful and or give us a rating and review. I also invite you to join us at SFELC.com. And if you're already a member of our community, thank you for tuning in. We do what we do because of you. We're working on a number of interesting projects to continue to empower engineering leaders. And so if you join us at SFELC.com, you'll be in the know with all of our community updates, content events, and all of the new opportunities that we're creating. Thank you for listening and thank you for being a force to evolve leadership in the tech industry.